Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome everybody out to our Christmas service on Facebook Live. Uh, we would much prefer to have the whole church together, and we know that you folks would as well. Uh, but this is the best we come up with in COVID world. And so uh, I ask you just to sit back, enjoy the service, enjoy what we put together, uh, focus on Christ. And uh, let's begin with a word of prayer, shall we? Father, it is, uh, it is incredible to, to look at you and to look at what you've done. And Father, to look once again at the Christmas story and to remember what a monumental event this was. Father, you fulfilling your promises of salvation from so many years ago. You, you fulfilling uh, the promise to send a king, an anointed one, who just happened to be your son. Father, so many things took place. And Father, so many things that, Father, we need to give attention to and recognize, Father, not just this time of the year. Father, it needs to be, Christmas needs to impact us. The events that we remember at the Christmas time need to impact us a whole year. And so, Father, we pray that we can do that right now. We pray that you open hearts and minds to your Son, Father, to his coming and the monumental event that it was in the scope of the whole creation. Father, we thank you for revealing yourself to us, for revealing your will, Father, and fulfilling your word through our King, Jesus. And it's in his name and power that we ask these things. Amen. Amen. I have been tasked with the responsibility to make sure the story of the birth of Christ is passed on from generation to generation. And so every year, around the time that people celebrate his birth, I write down the story word for word and share it with all who will listen. Now is my time to share it with you. Will you listen and pass it along? In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Thank you. 
Mary, did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? And this child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? The blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the dead will raise again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? And the sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Oh, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? This is how the birth of Jesus and Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do, and took home Mary as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to her son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive That mourn the lowly exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Now day spring come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, desire of nations, mind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad division cease, and me thyself our King of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The first Noel 
across a certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep. Noel, 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 born is the King of Israel. May look up and saw a star shining in the shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Come, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
said the night wind to the little lamb. Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb. Do you see what I see? A star, a star. Dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite, with a tail as big as a kite. Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, Do you hear what I hear? Sky shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? A song, a song, high above the trees, with a voice as big as the sea, with a voice as big as the sea. Said the shepherd boy to the mighty king, Do you know what I know? In your palace wall, mighty king, Do you know what I know? A child, a child, shivers in the cold, Let us bring him. Silver and gold, let us bring him silver and gold. Said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Listen to what I say. The child, the child, sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. He will bring us goodness and light. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, 
which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There is also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let every receive our King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rock hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love and wonders, wonders of His love. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. 
When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. After having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. We three kings of Orient are Bearing gifts we traverse afar Field and fountain, moor and mountain Following yonder star O star of wonder, star of night Star with royal beauty bright Westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain, gold I bring to crown him again. King forever ceasing, never over us all to reign. O star of wonder, star of night, Star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Frankincense to offer have I, incense owns and deity nigh, prayer and praising, voices raising, worship him God most high. O oh, star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so it was fulfilled what the Lord had said to the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance to the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said to the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, 
weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Teenage girl, much too young, unprepared for what's to come. A baby changes everything. Not a ring on her hand, all her dreams. And all her plans, a baby changes everything. A baby changes everything. The man she loves, she's never touched. How will she? Trust a baby changes everything. A baby changes everything, and she cries. Oh, she cries. has to leave, go far away, heaven knows that she can't stay, a baby changes everything, she can feel he's coming soon, there's no A baby changes everything, a baby changes everything, and she cries, and she cries.
my whole life has turned around. I was lost, but now I'm found. Oh, baby, changes everything. A baby changes everything. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody, and it's good to have uh, us in your home this morning. And uh, I hope that uh, you've been encouraged this morning as Christmas comes closer and closer. You think about it, uh, Christmas is about home. It's about coming home. And um, when, the, when uh, God chose a place to raise his son, the king of kings and lord of lords, he could have chose a palace. It would have been fitting. And he could have chose um, a, a, a rich family. He could have chose a very popular and prominent family. But of all the families that, that God chose to raise his son, he chose the family of Joseph and Mary, just a simple home. And why is that? Well, they may have not had a lot of money, but they were spiritually rich with godly character. And um, when you think about home and families and how to raise godly kids, a lot of times we think of parents and what they're giving uh, to the children and to the rest of the family or to each other. And we've talked about that. We've talked about Joseph and Mary. Have you ever thought about how much a child can bring uh, to the family, that they also contribute to the family. I remember as a little kid playing pitch and catch with my dad, and uh, we would throw the ball back and forth. And then when I became a, a dad, I remember playing pitch and catch with my sons as well. And it, hit, it occurred to me during this series that just like they catch, our kids catch things from us more as caught than taught, it works the other way around too. The children can have a major impact on raising Jesus in the home. And just like a, we heard Coral sing, a baby changes everything. Let me read a poem here. It's called, uh, Before I Was a Mom. I've taken some excerpts out of it. Here's how it goes. Before I was a mom, I made and ate hot meals. I had quiet conversations on the phone. Before I was a mom, I slept as late as I wanted and brushed my hair and teeth every day. Before I was a mom, I didn't worry whether or not the plants were poisonous, and immunizations were the furthest thing from my mind. Before I was a mom, I never had been puked on, wet on, spit on, or pinched with tiny fingers. And before I was a mom, I had never gotten up every ten minutes in the middle of the night to make sure everything was okay. Before I was a mom, I slept all night. Before I was a mom, I had complete control over my emotions and my body and my mind. Before I was a mom, I never held down a screaming child as the doctor gave a shot. And I never looked into teary eyes and cried too. I never got deliriously happy over a single, small grin. And before I was a mom, I had no idea that something so tiny could affect my life so much. I didn't know someone so small could make me feel so significant. And see, that's, that's the thing I think we maybe forget sometimes, is that children, a child can have a major impact. A child can change everything. I think about when I brought my 
first child home or, or my second child. And maybe you could, some of you families can remember this when you brought your children home. Didn't it change everything? Oh, yeah. Did it change the dynamics of your home? Yeah. Did it change a lot of decisions you made? Sure. And the direction you were going to go in? It had an impact on all of that. And so we see Jesus having the same impact as as they as he caught things from his mom and dad, they caught things from him. And every once in a while, he would remind them of something. For example, when Mary hears the shepherds on the day of his birth talk about how great what they'd heard and all the great things they'd heard about this 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 particular baby, the Bible says she treasured those in her heart. And when Joseph and Mary, eight days later in the temple, and they're going to dedicate Jesus, the Bible says they were amazed. They were amazed because Anna and Simeon met them in the temple, and they talked about how great their son would be and the things he would do. You know, Simeon would say that people would rise and fall because of their son. He's a mover and a shaker, in other words. And people would be saved because of him. And this amazed both of them. And when the Magi came later, and they would give their gifts. We just we just spent uh, a Facebook Live uh, broadcast with the children this morning and talked about. And Bob Quick talked about the frankincense, gold, and the myrrh, and how all of these these gifts were remem- they were reminders, and they were they resembled something. They taught something about about Jesus. You think she wasn't reminded of what Christ was there for? That he was the King. That he would be great. That he'd be something. And then, then when he's 12 and he's in the temple, when he's in the temple, it says that after everything that happened there in the temple, it says she meditated, she pondered and treasured these things in her heart as well. So as the Christ child lives in their home, he keeps pointing and encouraging them. And he, I think, I believe he's encouraged them. I discovered four important truths that he wants your family to understand as well, that he wants to encourage and point you to this Christmas. What are they? Well, when Christ is built, a Christ child is living in the home, I'm reminded that God deeply loves me. You know, a child reminds us of how just pure and good love is. Uh, we went to look at zoo lights this uh, at the St. Louis Zoo, the Christmas lights at the zoo, and uh, all of us were there, and we're, we walked through the zoo, and then Denise and I made a quick trip back to Nathan and Nicole's house because uh, Nora and Ellie, it was Ellie's birthday and Nora's birthday is the day before and so we were going to open presents. So we go back to watch them open presents. And we get there, they're opening their presents and they're, they're screaming and hollering, they're excited. And as Nathan gets on his knees to look at the toys or look at the things that we gave Nora, uh, some Lego sets and stuff, she all of a sudden just jumps in his arms and just kisses him and he goes, well, what's this for? And he goes, I just love you, Dad. And I couldn't help but think about how pure, how pure and good love from a child can be. And so when, when Mary is holding Jesus, she's feeling love. When she says his name, Jesus, which means the one who saves, the Savior, every, each time she's experiencing love, but not just any kind of love, but the love of God. And that's just amazing when you stop and think about it. You think about it now. The love of God is the entire reason for Christmas. It's center stage. And it's because of God's love Jesus is born. Look at this in in 1 John. It says this in 1 John 4, 9 through 10. This is how God showed his love for us. Oh, here we go. 
How did he show it? He sent his only son of the world to give his life, to give his life for us. The, the true love is God's love for us, not our love for God. He sent his son as the way to take away our sins. So that's the first thing this Christ child does. This is the first thing on Christmas you need to remember, that Jesus encouraged you to remember that you're deeply loved by God. Number two, I realize that God wants to be with me. That's another thing this child does to me. It, it helps me realize that I'm, that, and be aware that God wants to be with me. You know, Christmas and presents go together, right? They always go together. Did you know in Psalms 127, verse 3, it says this, children are a gift from God. And according to Jewish tradition, they believed that, that these were gifts from God and they were on loan from God. And they were to cherish and take care of them. But they were in their lives because of God's generosity. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says this, a child will be born to us and he'll give us a son, he'll give a son to us. He's going to give us a gift and it's going to be a child in a manger. His name is Jesus. You see, the first Christmas is about God wanting to be with you, with me. It says here in Isaiah 7, look, a virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, Christmas guarantees that God wants to be close to you. Have you ever thought about that? In fact, it, he, wants, he doesn't ever want to be away from you. In Hebrews 13, verse three or verse 5, it says, God had said, never will I leave you, and never will I let you be alone. I don't know how it's going on for you this Christmas, but I want you to know God doesn't want you to be alone. And by the way, Jesus never outgrew this desire. He would say to his disciples before he would go into heaven, he'd say, I will be with you always to the, to the very end. And so when this child is present, and I hope Jesus is present in your home, when you make him present in your home, he's going to remind you that he's Emmanuel, that he's with you. Here's the third thing, that, th that this child, like any child, reminds us, this child reminds us something, that I'm reassured that God will fulfill his promises to me. In 2 Corinthians 1, it says this, Christ made God's many promises come true. You think about it, there's over 300 prophecies about Christ, all saying He's coming and what He's going to do. And they're all fulfilled in Christ. You know, I've talked to couples over the years, especially couples that are struggling to have children, pray for us, Tim. Or they'll ask the church, pray for us. We want to have children. And then they finally have a child. And you, you know what's interesting as they grow? You can see it in their eyes. They look at their children and they see a walking, living, walking testimony of the power of God. Well, let me tell you, when Mary saw Jesus, when Joseph saw Jesus, they saw a walking, living testimony of God's ability to keep his promises. You know, the angel promises Mary all kinds of things. It tells her, this is what's going to happen. This son's going to be great. He's, going, he's not only going to be that, he's going to save the world. He's going to rule the nations. And Mary says this in response in Luke 1, let it happen to me as you say. I got a question. Did it happen as the angels promised? It sure did. It happened just like they promised. And God reveals to you in Jesus Christ this morning and during Christmas 
that, that he's greater. He is great. Greater than death. Greater than any problem you face. Greater than any struggle you're in. And he's powerfully ruling right now. He is in control. And he will provide all that you need and will faithfully fulfill every promise he's made you. Well, there's a fourth thing. There's a fourth thing that this child, this Jesus in his home reveals that he wants to reveal in your home. And that is, is this, that when, he's, when, he's living in, when the Christ child's living in your home, you're going to be challenged to fulfill God's plan for you. That's what he does. He challenges me to fulfill God's plan for me. See, kids, sometimes kids remind you of what's important when you kind of forget. You know, Denise and I have been going around the families. Many of you that are watching, we come by your family and we listen to your, your children quote a memory verse. You know, last Sunday we had uh, several of you come out to our house. And, they were, and what fascinated us was is that here are, like here's the harder twins. And here comes Lucas and Owen and they come up to our door and Megan goes, are you ready? It's time for your verse. And Richard goes, go ahead, start. And it's John 8, 12. Now, John 8, 12 is a long verse. And I'm thinking, okay, if they can just get Jesus said on the light of the world, here's your, here's your stuff and we want to give you. And here they go together. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I go, okay. And then he go, and whoever follows me will, will never walk in darkness, but will live in the light of life. John 8, 12. I was floored. And this wasn't just them. It was, it was all kinds of them, all kinds of people, all kinds of kids quoting Bible verses. These are kids, I'm thinking there's no way a three-year-old is going to be able to quote that much. And they go, oh, there's more, Tim. And they quote the rest of it. And we've been experiencing this for several weeks now. Every time we go to your homes, your kids, and I watch you parents while they're quoting and you're lipping with them and you're excited and grateful. I'm fascinated. Denise and I get back in the truck and we're driving away and she goes, aren't you glad we're doing this? I said, yes, I am. She goes, Tim, it's, it's, it's like, let me tell you, when you hear a child quoting from God, quoting Jesus Christ, it was like a jolt, like a, like a couple of paddles, clear, you know, hitting you. And we're, we're still pumped. And, we're, and, and she goes, aren't you glad we're doing this, Tim? I go, yes, we are. He goes, why didn't we think of this sooner? It's worth it. We're hearing a child quote God, God's Word. What's so cool about that? Uh, it's awesome to a spiritual-hearted person. And we, we sit, we, Sometimes we're in tears over it. We're so excited to hear these kids they have an impact on us. And you know what they reminded Denise and I of? Kind of like we've been kind of lulled to sleep over COVID. And that we need to get busy. And we need to, get, we need to be thinking about what God would want us to do. We are, if he's the light of the world, we want to walk in his light, not in darkness too. And so we're just, we, we were just so reminded of our purpose again. And you know, and Jesus, he ch- just like, just like, the, uh, like uh, Sophie or any of the, any of the kids or... Uh, any of these kids that we, we talked to, William, Ellie, you know, Nora, Carmody, you know, all you guys, uh, what I notice is, is that Jesus challenges his family to reevaluate where they are in life, what they're doing, what they're really here for. You know, they're in the temple. Remember, he's 12, which is interesting. He's 12 years old, 
and he's at church. Nobody has to push him out of bed. Nobody has to use a crowbar, a crowbar to get him out of bed. Oh, he's he's a, he's there in the temple. And by the way, the Bible says that they that somehow I don't know if you've ever lost your kids. I've done it a couple of times, lost track of them. And Joseph and Mary have lost track of them. They've been looking for him for three days. And they're, finally they find Jesus, and the, and the Bible says they are shocked by what they see. You want to shock your parents? This is what Jesus did to shock his parents. He's in the temple talking to teachers, asking questions and answering questions. He's having spiritual dialogue. And here they come up to to him and they go, don't you realize we've been looking for you for three days? We've been worried sick over you. And this is what Jesus says. Why did you have to look for me? Look how he reminds them here. Why did you have to look for me? Don't you know I had to be concerning myself with my father's affairs? And it says, but they didn't understand what he's talking about. How is that possible? After everything, everything that God has done, angels, shepherds, wise men. Well, you know, sometimes you get off track, don't you, Mom? Dad, am I right? We get off track. And who's the one to remind us? Sometimes it's our own children. I want to go to church. I want to hear a Bible story. Why are you fighting? Why are you yelling? Why do you smoke? Why are you doing that kind of stuff? From the mouth of babes is what the Bible says that we hear sometimes. From the mouth of babes we hear from God. And so from the mouth of this child, he wants to say to you, with all the stuff that's happened in 2020, all this junk that's happened in 2020, he wants to remind you to give your full attention to the affairs of God. COVID is not keeping you from doing anything except maybe meeting together as a big group. Have you thought about that? It isn't keeping me from serving someone or loving someone or talking with someone or praying with someone or reading my Bible. And see, Jesus is reminding us this Christmas with all this COVID and politics and all the crazy stuff that's happened, the Prince of Peace is trying to give you and I an opportunity to reset and reboot refocus and restore maybe what we've lost. Have you lost some stuff? Because Jesus wants to remind you, this child, this Christmas, He is King. And his, you're a part of His kingdom. If you're a Christian, you're a part of His kingdom. And there are things He wants you to be doing. Worry is not one of them. Getting caught up in all the stuff around us is not one of them. It's the affairs of God that he wants us to be focused on. And I ask you, let this, let this Christ child, let this child, just like your child reminds you sometimes, let this Christ child challenge you to review, reset, and maybe if needed, restore your priorities. Maybe this child is reminding you today to improve your relationship with God. That's what Christmas does for me. I heard somebody say this one time, I'll never forget it. A parent said this to me. She said to me, Tim, if you have my child, you have me. Is that true? You know, I think God said that first. If you have my child, 
you will have me. Do you have Jesus? Is Jesus your Lord? Maybe this Christ child is trying to say through all the noise and the crazies, why not trust me? That's the, that's the, the message I want to give you this Christmas. And Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, for Jesus. You know, a baby changes everything. I think about how our own children have changed or how a child can come into a room and I mean, I know somebody once said children should be seen, not heard, but the truth is they will be seen and they will be heard. And this child wants to be seen and heard this Christmas with all of the media, with all of the worries, with all the voices inside us. God, let your child, let the cry of your child Help us understand that you dearly love us, that you want to be with us. And Father, let us be encouraged that, the, that this voice, we can hear Jesus speak to us from this manger, that every promise he's made, he'll make good. And Father, let his voice this morning challenge us, challenge us, Father, with this baby. To refocus, to reset our priorities toward you. We pray in Christ's name.